Hello and welcome to the Polished and Fit Preparatory course. We're currently in session four, which is called Early Years Wisdom. And we're right now in model three, which is called Nurturing Your Child. Nurturing Your Child. I'm super excited to have you again here. Um, I'm so glad you're doing this and you're taking this course at this time. And I'm so confident that this will indeed provide for you insights as you um, keep evolving on this journey. Um, so for this one, um, we'll be looking at a couple of things. Um, so this is going to be in most likely two parts. Yeah. And um, I just want you to roll with me um, as we look through this. Okay. So while pregnancy and delivery are only the beginning, you know, of your parenting journey, nurturing your child is another interesting and very unique phase of the marriage journey. Now, you have had your baby, so what next? The truth is that parenting is not a hit and miss game. It is actually an assignment to nurture a blooming seed to maturity. Now, it is not a one-way journey. It is not, um, you know, a journey that is just, oh, like a walk in the park. It would actually require a lot of investment from you and cooperation. I'm saying, when I'm saying from you here, I'm, I'm talking about you and your partner, okay? Um, so in this model, basically share wisdom with, you know, helping you to start out on your parenting journey. Remember, your assignment is different and your blueprint and your road you know, map may not definitely be like another person's own, but you can sure be inspired by other people, you know, as you move on with this particular phase. I trust that, you know, that this model will provide for you guidance and courage. And so I'll say to you, welcome on board to the parenting journey. It's a very interesting one. It's so unique. It's different um, from every other um, kind of thing, especially if you're a first-time parent and... Um, you are still trying to figure how you're going to go through this phase. Don't worry. You'll just be fine. It's one of those jobs that we call the, you know, on the job training kind of um, phase. Yeah. So that's exactly what it is. So as usual, as we've done through this course, we always have a model defining scripture. And like I always say, it doesn't matter wherever you're coming from, whatever faith you're coming from, it's all fine. I believe that there is a purpose for you at this time to be taking this course and i'm so so glad that you're doing this so please don't tune off at all um because there's so much that is to be learned on this parenting journey okay so i have a couple of um scriptures on this one and um this is going to form the basis for a couple of things we would share in this particular model so my first defining scripture is proverbs 22 and verse 6 Proverbs 22 and verse 6, in the Passion Translation, it says, Dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go, and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life. I love it. I love the scripture so very much. Of course, popularly, we know it as a train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. But I like the way that this, you know, puts it out. It says that the values they have learned from you will be with them for life. My next um, defining scripture is Luke chapter 2 and verse 40. Luke chapter 2 and verse 14, the Amplified Bible, it says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, 
and the grace, the favor and spiritual blessing of God was upon him. Another beautiful scripture. So that child is expected to grow and become strong. So go with me. We're still on this journey. Still have a few more scriptures. Um, so Luke chapter 2 and verse 52 in the Amplified Bible, it says, And Jesus increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding, and in stature and years, and in favor with God and man. My next scripture is Isaiah 54 and verse 13. It says, All your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. The next one, I have two more. The next one is... Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 18. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 18. It says, Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are for signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. Psalms 1, 1, 2 and verse 2. Psalm 112 and verse 2, which is the last one in the New Living Translation. It says, their children will be successful everywhere. I thought you would say amen to that. Their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. I hope that these um, scriptures are inspiring to you just as they are to me. So what is our objective from this particular model? There are a lot of things we're trying to... Um, um, benefits out of in this model. So our objective basically is that, you know, by the end of this model, you know, by the end of this model, you'll be able to understand how to navigate the early year season for nurturing your children and craft your own unique blueprint for your family. Okay. So since that is very clear now, um, there are a lot of things to cover with our outline your children, their spiritual work. I mean, so many things. So um, I'm going to just keep mentioning them as we keep taking each of the um, outlines, right? Because there are so many things we'll be dealing with in this particular one. So run with me again. Let me just set this as a background. Um, there's not one parent that knows everything about parenting. So I'm not even there claiming to say, oh, I know everything about parenting. Nope. I'm simply doing my assignment as the awakener, you know, to help you see that, okay, there are a couple of areas you need to pay attention to as you begin to, um, you know, nurture that child and that gift that God has blessed you with. Remember, it is an assignment. It's not um, one of those things you want to trivialize because that child that you're looking at, um, looking like a baby in your hand, has the... Um, has a whole lot, you know, um, in store at the other side of the child. What I mean by that is that that child is actually representing a generation. That child is going to become someone's mother tomorrow. That child is going to become someone's father tomorrow. That child is going to become someone's spouse tomorrow. That child is going to become the head of a corporation tomorrow. That child is going to be someone's friend tomorrow. That child is going to be someone maybe in government tomorrow. It could be anything, you know, children are actually unpredictable because there is so much in store that we have no idea about at this time when it comes to them. So for me, I find um, this foundational years and this season, you know, of having the time and the opportunity to raise children, um, to do it very carefully with the mindset that this child is not just your child, is actually an assignment that you need to nurture because there are so many other destinies that are tied, you know, to your successful nurturing 
of that child. So you want to make sure that um, you're not trivializing this assignment and you're not treating it as one of those things or you're not going to wing it or coast along. You have to be a deliberate parent, an intentional parent to be able to get the kind of desired result that is necessary. I am one of those parents that think you know, about children as when they get to their future, that different people are going to be sending in appreciation, saying, no, you did your part, you know, to help to raise this child appropriately. It's one of my greatest goals when it comes to um, raising children and nurturing them. So I hope this inspires and this helps you a whole lot. Now let's talk about your child or your children and their spiritual walk. Your child, or if you want to say your children and their spiritual walk. Now, of course, Listen, your responsibility over your child commenced long before your parenting journey actually commenced. What do I mean by that? Your children will eventually reflect you. So what that means is that the quality of life you have been able to cultivate over the years will come to play greatly in your parenting journey. Now, one reason you need to really pay attention to yourself is that your life eventually is not all about you. Do you get it now? Your life is eventually not all about you. So you need to really pay attention. That's why I'm saying self-mastery is major for me. I don't want to joke with self-mastery at all, all right? You know, so like I said, basically, you know, there is a generation that you're serving as a touch bearer and a trailblazer for. They're actually looking up to you for guidance, for templates, for wisdom, for lifestyle, and so much more. My question to you today is, what will you be offering these precious diamonds in your hands? These precious diamonds, what are you going to be offering them? Now, you also see why the choice of who you know, you get married to cannot be trivialized. As a couple, you would actually form the model for which your children will take their DNA and start out their journey through life. Now, the first area we shall be looking through will be nurturing your children or your child, you know, spiritually. Now, of course, while every home differs, there are certain principles that are pivotal and fundamental to, you know, giving your children a good head start. Now, the, um, the foundation, you know, for this will, you know, be to refer to you know, refer us back to, you know, your why. Now, in the first module of this course, if you remember, in module one, session one, which is visions on tablet, um, which, um, I, like I said from the beginning, I wanted that to be available to everyone because I felt like that was going to serve as a definer for the entire course. Because for me, that's like the major foundation, setting things right from the foundation and from the beginning. Now, one of the defining questions was, what kind of children or child do you want to raise? Your answer to this question will determine your approach to raising and nurturing your children appropriately. So again, I'm asking you at this time, what kind of child do you want to raise? Now, if you want to raise a spiritually groomed child with kingdom-based principles, then the word of God is your plug on this one and your manual to navigate this phase. What I mean by that is that our actions are a harvest of the mindset, the exposure, the actions we have had throughout our lives up till this time. So um, let me just share with you, you know, some guidelines that can help you um, to achieve this. If you're saying you want to raise a spiritually groomed child, 
with kingdom-based principles. I'm sure you've seen kids that, you know, you hear things like, wow, this child is so well-behaved, this child is well-trained, is morally sound, and all of that. If that is the kind of child you want to achieve, let me just share a few guidelines that will help you on this one. So the first thing is, um, I'll say number one on this is that no matter how many children you took care of before you had your own child, becoming a parent changes the entire process. So my first recommendation will be to actually ask God for his help through this journey. I mean, don't even dare attempt to start anything called parenting on your own. If you remember James 1 and verse 5, I'm so sorry again if um, you know I'm having to make use of this at this time in the course. If you're not familiar with scriptures, it's all beautiful. I got you. It's fine. Okay. Now that scripture is instructive because it says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask. Let God know that you will be cooperative with him, you know, as a partner to birth his will for that child. So if you, if you, if you're starting out this journey of parenting, first thing is, see, God, I need you to help me through this journey. It's not like you were given any manual from when you were born that, oh, this is how it is to be that perfect parent, okay? I mean, most of the parents that I know, many times, you know, there's the guilt here and there that, oh, am I doing enough? Am I enough as a parent? You know, so many thoughts keep going through the minds of parents because, you know, everyone just wants to make sure that their children are doing well and, you know, they make their generation proud, right? So I would say commit every aspect and every step into God's hands and trust him to guide you through. Because the truth is that every child is different. Do you understand? Every child, no matter how many children you end up having, the truth is that every child is different. Even if they were a set of twins or triplets or whatever, Every child is different. Their destinies are different. Their assignments are different. So you need to start by asking for help and say, Lord, I'm not even attempting to try this on my own. I don't know how you want me to raise this child on my own, but I'm sure that you have something in mind concerning this child. So what are you going to be asking for? Not just, you know, random, oh, God, just help me. God, just help me. Nope. You know, to be more deliberate, you'd ask for specific strategies. Ask for specific strategies that you would use to raise the child. Listen, that's why I said, you see, raising children, parenting, pregnancy, all of those things are actually very spiritual journeys. And you don't want to embark on them, you know, carelessly or anyhow. And that is why even from the time of pregnancy, you know, God begins to give you instructions about your child. So you have to be very observant. You need to have journals. You need to write things down. God can give you instructions. You know, we've heard, you know, different stories of children where before they were even born, even Jesus, you know, before he was born, God had handed over to his parents the strategies for raising him. Same thing with Samson and several other children. By the time they came, God already spoke to their parents with specific instructions about how to raise them. So it was of no use trying to raise those kids any other way. So because... You know, that instructs me that God has a specific way he expects us to raise, you know, each of the children that he blesses us with. Now, the next part will be, Lord, how would you have me raise this child? Ask for strategies. How would you have me raise this child? Your next question would want to be, what strategy would most suit their destiny? Most suit their destiny because you can have different kinds of inspirations, but which one is most, you know, suitable? And then also ask and say, what is unique about this child that I need to harness? What is unique about this child that I need to harness? And several others, as you're led, you know, as you're inspired, go ahead and make sure that you pray 
concerning how you're going to raise the child. So that's the first point. My next point would be that number two is please model godliness to the child. Model godliness to that child in your hand. Now, this is one reason you need to build an ever-increasing and growing relationship with God personally. You cannot depend and rely on the spirituality of others to make progress on a daily basis. Remember that model defining scripture um, in Proverbs 22 and verse 6. It says, when you dedicate the children to God and point them in the way that they should go, that the values they've learned from you, not just from others, the one they have learned from you, would be with them for life. So you have a whole lot to do when it comes to molding and nurturing of that child. You want to do it right. You want to do it well. Okay. The next part would be model to them what you want to see them do. Model to those children what you want to see them do. The thing is that children are very, very good imitators. If you want to see a child imitate something, just do that thing and you see the child imitating it. So model the right things to them. You can only give a child instructions. It doesn't work that way with them. Don't only give them instructions, okay? You need to do what? Model the right things to them. They understand what you do better than what you say. I mean, that's just the makeup of children, right? Practice what you want you know, them to imbibe first. Not just talking about it alone. So you practice it. And that's why, you know, children learn through play, children learn through, you know, dancing and things like that. So you see, because sometimes you're wondering, oh, does everything have to have a song? Does everything have to? Yes, because it's what they see you do. They find it very, very easy to learn if they can see a model for themselves, right? Now let's go to the next one. My number four would be, now, let's get even more practical about, you know, taking this step with trying to nurture your child spiritually. Now, practically speaking from childhood, the thing is you need to start exposing them to worship on time. One secret, you know, God gave to me recently, you know, um, you know, while I was, you know, just, I keep every moment I'm trying to fine tune my processes and the things that I do. And one secret that I was given, um, you know, recently was that you can actually have worship sessions with your baby while they're still in the womb. I mean, I thought that was so brilliant. I was amazed about this because I had never thought about that before. Yes, I know you should read to your children. I know you should play music to your children. But, you know, it came so clearly to me that day because it was like you can have a complete worship session with that baby while the baby is still in the womb. I'm sure you understand that, you know, from like 15, 16 weeks, your baby can actually hear. Your baby can actually relate. So from like 15 weeks and 16 weeks in pregnancy, your child will start learning to pick your voice. I mean, it's so powerful. And that's why, you know, you can start actually playing music to your child while the baby is still in the womb. You can imagine. So um, the way the picture was painted to me was something like, you know, you can actually dedicate moments when you speak to your baby in the womb and you say, maybe you call the baby by the name if you have a name already for the baby and say it is time to worship. So I can say, for example, oh, Mimshak, it's time to worship. Now, while in the womb, not even born yet, okay? And you say to the child, lift up your hands and let us worship together. Then you spend some time worshiping with that baby, play worship songs for the baby, you know, to worship with the consciousness that that baby is also worshiping. And you'll be amazed at how they will flow easily with worship when they are born eventually. 
Can you imagine that? Have you not thought about the fact that John and Jesus were amazing babies who were already functioning supernaturally from the womb? I mean, that's, that is one story that blows me away every single time I think about it. All right? So it is the child, really, that you introduce to worship that will worship wherever they go to. Have a picture of the kind of child that you want to raise. Pray worship into them. Declare that they are worshipers. Declare that they would understand the presence of the Holy Spirit early. Now, you know, this, let me share like a little personal experience. I noticed, you know, that my son, my, one of my, my sons, um, you know, loves to worship because, you know, this was like major for me and he was exposed only to worship. So, you know, make them, those kids that you're trying to raise, you know, to, to have that worship mindset, make them to start learning new songs. And make it a lifestyle for them. Sometimes when you are even worshiping, I know that I can feel distracting sometimes, you know, having the kids that are, ask them to join you to worship, all right? Let your children just find it very easy to flow in God's presence. Just create that atmosphere that God can function in easily in your home and with your children. So it's something you want to do over and again. I noticed that somehow the songs actually stick to them because um, over and again, you know, they've listened to those songs. We've used them to worship. I've done it with them and they have, be, you know, it has become a part of them. It's something you want to imbibe. Ensure that your child, I'm talking about spiritual nurturing now, has a good worship life starting early. Right. Now, number five, we're still talking about nurturing your child or your children spiritually. I would say to you, expose them to the word of God early. Please expose them to the word of God early. What do I mean by that? Invest in materials that can help your children to know scriptures. Get children Bibles for them. Get them videos on YouTube that can help them learn scriptures in form of songs. They have so many. There are Bible character movies also that you can leverage for them to learn more about scriptures. Do Bible games and challenges with them, you know, to help them know scriptures more and more. Have memory verses for them as they begin to grow. If they can learn cartoon songs and characters, then they can learn about the scriptures. Take time to teach them, you know, those Bible characters. And if you attend a place of worship with a good child care facility, oh, where they will be taught the word of God, ensure that they learn also. But please, you know, it's still your responsibility, you know, to, to give them the right tools to help them as they begin to grow and as, you know, they get nurtured. So this is important and this is something you need to pay serious attention to. So you can start early. You know, sometimes kids, I know that, you know, the attention span is not so large or so long. So sometimes, it, I mean, you start with them and they are like, oh, mommy, I'm done, you know, and all of that. You can just make it more interesting. Like um, one of those days I was trying to read, it was a, it's a Bible story book. Yeah, it's not a, it was a Bible story book. I was trying to read about when Jesus was born. I was trying to read it with my son. So what I did was, so I read one chapter and then he reads the next chapter because you know, I'm also trying to uh, fine-tune his reading skills. He's been doing so very well with it. And I just thought, okay, in my way of helping to fine-tune his reading skills, I read one um, page of the book. He reads the next page, and it was so much fun. And we had a great time doing that exercise together. But, you know, I, it was a strategy for me to help him to, you know, just take that time out to learn more about, you know, scriptures or scripture-based teachings. 
Um, the number six I'll talk about will be please have family routines that can carry your children along and make it very easy for them to imbibe. Now, this one has worked for me over and again. Simple family routines. It can be as simple as giving thanks with them when you come back, you know, home. Maybe you went out or they went to school and you just came home together. Make it a point of duty that, you know, they would simply just take a very short time to give thanks. So for us as a family, what we do, what has worked for us is that usually when we get back home from an outing, we spend a few minutes to give thanks and the kids must participate as well when we do that. So they have actually gotten used to read that, you know, if we come back and we just want to go in, they'll tell you, oh, we've not given thanks yet, you know, and you know, that will start helping them to acknowledge God early. Also, when they receive gifts, even if it's coming from us, I ensure that they say thank you um, to us. And I also ensure that they say thank you to God. Or you say you hear things like thank you, Jesus. And then they take out time to bless the gift. This is still our own way of helping them to constantly acknowledge God in all that they do. All right. Next is that, of course, you can adopt um washing of their hands upon returning from outside with soap and water. I mean, this has been a practice for us as a family for years. And as I'm talking about imbibing some family routines right now, you know, whilst you're nurturing them spiritually, like we often say, oh, cleanliness is next to, you know, godliness. It's so important that, you know, you adopt beautiful principles like that. So it's something you want to do over and again. And the next is, you know, spend time with God. Instead of cartoon first in the morning when they are up, um, do well to play worship songs first and then you see them worshiping along. You know, growing up, one of the things I also did with my son um, was that, um, and he flows very easily. I used to just play like an hour of worship CDs, you know, before some of those CDs got damaged, uh, maybe by overplaying them and then, you know, those early years. Yeah. Um, so we just kept on, this was just my own way of seeing that, you know, this child becomes spiritually aware of the things of God. All right. And then, I mean, you just find out that they will learn to sing those songs, whether they are clear about it or not. Once you sing the songs, you see that your kids will begin to join it because that is what you have exposed them to. All right. So when they start speaking, even when their speech is not totally clear, you can also start introducing them to confessing God's word. And keep adding what new lines to it as they grow. So maybe their capacity when they were three years old was just maybe four lines. Oh, that's beautiful. Start with the four lines and keep adding. When they become like four years old, oh, add more. When they become five, keep adding more. Sometimes tweak it, sometimes twist it, just add new lines. And it does not have to be long, like I said, but you should start early um, to start, you know, teaching them how to speak the right words and not speak negative words. Okay, and I noticed that. Recently, you know, um, my son, one of them, started adding his own personal lines to the confession. I mean, I, I, it was such a proud mommy moment for me, okay, when I noticed that he was really doing that, you know, adding new lines to the confessions that he already had. So please start early. And it doesn't have to be perfect for you to start. Just remember that the um, formative years are very pivotal and you want to do it well, right? Another thing is still nurturing them spiritually. Uh, yeah, I know it's a bit um, lengthy because... This is one very important area of their life, okay? Um, well, this is the final one for this, would be you should create devotion time for them. Please, their devotion doesn't have to be long. Children don't have that kind of patience or attention span for you to keep them like forever, okay? So they just actually need to get conscious about God. That's the reason for all of these routines and all of these steps. So find out what will work for your family, depending on the vision, of course, of your family. 
Pray for your child and pray with your child and teach them to begin to pray in bite size. Their prayers doesn't have to be long. Sometimes their prayers can be super funny, but you know, you're starting them out, you know, to begin to give them that beautiful foundation as they keep growing and let them also see you pray and be inspired. I hope that this will guide you in, you know, in creating um, what will work best for your family when it comes to um, spiritually nurturing your child. Again, this is not exhaustive at all, but I'm hoping that this can be a good starting point. I mean, you can even register them for Bible clubs and, you know, where they'll start teaching them about the Word of God. It's nothing. You can do surgeries. I mean, so, 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 so many things you can do with your child just to help them to get nurtured, uh, nourishment spiritually. So let's go to the next thing. Now, we're still talking about nurturing your child. Let's talk about your children or your child and their life's assignment and purpose. Now, you know, I'm big on, I'm big on self-mastery. I'm big on, you know, assignment, purpose, and things like that because it's a major one. This is like the major issue people get to face once you um, find the pathway early. It will save people a lot of time wasting and it would really add to speed when it comes to the life of your child. So I actually realized, you know, that, you know, understanding your assignment, your purpose on time has a way of actually saving the life of your child and actually saving their time also. Many people are roaming the streets of life aimlessly because they don't even have a sense of purpose. And one beautiful thing you can do as a parent is to be observant and to provide tools that will help your child to discover themselves early enough. Now, children actually start, it's not funny, if you notice with children and um, as you begin to nurture your children, you know, and as you keep growing in your family, in your marriage, you would notice that children will start giving you hints about their gifts, about their skills, and they do it early enough. You just need to be observant. You need to start watching them fast. And that's why I said, see, as a parent, you cannot just um, wing it. You have to be intentional. You need to observe them. You need to see them. I've seen three-year-olds that are already very interested in things like photography. And you initially you think that, oh, they're just playing or, and all of that. I mean, I, I remember being part of a particular production. You know, we went there and ah, I saw this girl. I think she's just, she was just like five years old. Amongst everything else, you know, that was fascinating there, all I saw her do was to stay where the camera people were throughout. She was just looking at the camera, trying to look at... She was so interested. And, you know, I had to ask the father and I'm like, oh... This child seems to be very interested in this. Oh, he said, oh, yes, that he's actually planning to put her up for photography training because they've noticed that, you know, it's a major area for her. She's so interested in photography. And so um, they have started, you know, trying to help to groom her and to, to build her in that area. Same thing with children, maybe that um, sing a lot. They'll start giving you signs. You will not understand if you're not an observant parent. So if you start noticing gifts and things about your kids, you can write them down, jot them down. Even if they don't make sense or you don't understand them or you think there are so many at the same time, just note them down. In a short while, you'll be able to understand it better, okay? So don't be in a haste, okay? Let me say this now. Don't be in a haste as a parent to cut down your children or tamper with their creativity because you're trying to save your space. Now we do this. A lot of us parents who are so guilty of this. Do you get so many times we're like, oh, don't scatter this place, don't do this. Don't. And meanwhile, the child is simply expressing their creativity. Sometimes you see them always acting on drama or the other. They would 
they can create a character out of every single thing that they see. So the child may be telling you, hey, I may just be a movie producer tomorrow and you want to pay attention. So they're already starting. They are starting with scripts. You know, they are writing their scripts already. They understand how to assign character roles already. You just need to be observant as a parent. You cannot be that parent that, oh, just does things anyhow. Notice those things and begin to itemize them and say, oh, is this something I need to pay attention? Is there something God is telling me that I need to just listen concerning this? Because sometimes, you know, it's not every time that God's speaking to you would be, oh, do this particular thing. Might not always be that way, okay? Sometimes it might just be out of observation and that thing becomes, you know, something that your spirit and your heart will begin to resonate with and you know that, oh, God is actually saying something here. So pay attention to their gifts and it should start early, okay, to that child. So, one beautiful thing, trust me, you can really do to be observant and to help them to provide the tools that will help them to, you know, discover themselves over and over again. Okay. Don't be in a haste. Like I said, to tamper with their creativity or say, we're oh, trying to save your space and all that. Allow that child to explore. And as you notice things about them, take note and find ways for them to express those gifts more and more so that with time, you know, okay, which ones are their minors and which ones are their majors. So be very conscious about helping them to find their compass for life early i mean this is like one of my biggest desires and goals and dreams i don't want i don't want children that you know they'll get they're 25 and they're still trying to figure like oh where do they fit and then they feel confused nope it's important you know scriptures talk about jesus how that at 12, Jesus was, he already understood purpose. He was, he had a strong sense of purpose. He was in the, in the temple already asking questions, already doing stuff. At that very tender age, he understood purpose and he was working with that sense of purpose early enough. So you can actually start your child early. Okay. Now, because why? Existing without ever living is often one of the saddest things that can actually happen in life. So make up your mind that your child will not be a confused child because they are your children. You'll be able to help them to navigate accordingly. So understand their gifts, help them to cultivate, help them to fine tune it. And as you're doing it, keep asking God for revelation about that child. You may not get everything about the child as by instruction and revelation at once, but God actually reveals things to people. Okay, so continue um, doing all that you need to do as you go on with the child. And it would also reduce guesswork when we know what the child ought to do on time. If you remember Rebecca, Issa, and Jacob, you know, Elizabeth and John, all, all those people, they, they, there was a specificity, you know, to what they were assigned to do with their children, right? Now, this would also inform you to... Um, um, expose them accordingly to what they need to be exposed to, to help them to nurture them. Let me give you an instance. For instance, your child is showing signs for being an international speaker. Okay. You may think that that child talks so much. Meanwhile, he's just giving you a sign telling you, Hey, I'm going to be speaking. I'm going to do great things. And my voice will be one of my major attributes and my abilities right so you need to pay attention as that parent you may need to start exposing that kind of child for example to speaking trainings 
how to create content and things like that. You can start teaching them how to do introductions. Um, now, of course, this does not mean that that is the only thing they are wired for because God can actually start us on the path and eventually redirect us to a different field as we were designed to be multidimensional in our expression. So don't trivialize anything. Don't say, oh, I know, why can my child be dancing? I don't want my child to dance. No, what if that is part of the script for that child? So you need to be very attentive when it comes to helping your child to find their life's assignment, to discover their purpose. As you get the hint, note them and begin to nurture fast and begin to nurture early. Like I said, that child that feels like the child is talking a lot and all that. Sometimes, I mean, in their silent moments, just peeping on them sometimes and you just see them when they're, being themselves, you know, maybe being free and just talking and you would see things about your child. You never knew that, you know, your child was capable of doing. So take out that time to keep observing. Okay. So as you not sure, be destiny conscious so that you can actually help to set them on the right path. The most beautiful place to be, trust me, is always at the center of your purpose or your assignment and God's will per time. That is like the most beautiful place to be. It's not anywhere else in the world is to be at the center of God's will for one's life. So you want to help as a parent to make sure that that part of your child's life is taken care of. So let's go to something else. Still talking about, you know, nurturing your child. Let's talk about your child or your children and their relationships. Please understand that relationship is one of the most powerful gifts we have as humans, okay? A relationship can either make a person or break the person. Every human being, as I learned some time ago, is actually a door that opens somewhere. The door may be opening to a good place or may be opening to a bad place. So you need to be relationship conscious, also, remember we've talked about spiritual nurturing, we've talked about nurturing as it concerns the life's assignment and purpose. Now we're talking about their relationships. Again, I mean, I cannot separate parenting from relying on guidance, you know, on God through each stage of your parenting. So as a parent, you need to deliberately pray about the relationships that your children will ever have. This is a major one for me as a person, and it is not too early to start praying about this. Be as specific as possible, as many as you can think of. From those that will be handling the delivery of your child to their nannies, to their class teachers, to their classmates, their seatmates, their project mates, their friends, their housemates, their lecturers, their supervisors, their neighbors, their drivers, their domestic staff, their spouse, their in-laws, their stylists, their chef. They are vendors for any kind of engagement, you know, that will be required. Even their doctors, their lawyers, their pastors, their mentors, their security guards, their business partners. You know, these are a couple of relationships we have. Their siblings, pray about every relationship in the life of your child. As many relationships as can ever exist in their life and decide how those relationships will be. Before your children, you would even meet those people. You can decide that ahead of time. Because you can, as a parent, decide and say, there will be no wrong encounters for my children. You see, that's why I said, um, when it comes to marriage, you cannot say you don't want to prepare. You just want to run it anyhow. You want to do it like someone else. You are going to get a normal result. If you want a result that is supernatural, that is extraordinary, then you need to pay attention accordingly when it comes to the life of that child. Now, people that alter destinies negatively must not meet your children. You have to declare that in the place of prayer. So like I said, I'm not separating parenting from relying on God at all. So you want to make sure that when it comes to relationships, 
relationship you will safeguard your children in the place of prayer ahead of time before the need even ever arises rather begin to speak you know the right relationships into their lives before they even meet those people or get to that stage don't say ah just give it to this baby maybe it's just one week old oh the baby is still living in my womb why should i start praying about ah who they will marry ah as many years to come or oh, and all of that don't do that don't be a careless parent you can decide you know sometimes i see um some um marriages of, i see a spouse or a partner and i'm like wow immediately i don't even it has become like a part of me i don't even wait for long I'm, i just declare me that ah, my children will never meet this type of people my children will not have this kind of encounters i start speaking you know me i just start moment i start speaking for words and declaring oh, oh great things will happen with my children when it comes to relationship they'll be in relation with the right people they will not be exposed to the wrong people at any face and any point in their life so if you begin to do this consciously, it will definitely change the game and you will be glad about um, how it will be with your children. So teachers, in all of those things, we hear things like, oh, this lecturer was frustrating. You can go zoom into the future. So that's why spiritual exercises are so powerful and, you know, um, it's something you want to leverage over and over again. You can stand and begin to declare and say, such my children, when they get to maybe 20 years old or whatever, they will not encounter the lecturers that will frustrate them. They would only encounter those that would enhance their lives and make things better with them. You begin to get such consciousness and start speaking the word. All right. Also, you need to also start teaching your children as they begin to grow the importance of relationships and how to choose friends appropriately. All right. Now to do this, of course, they need to understand their own uniqueness and they need to be comfortable to be able to withstand competitions and appreciate their difference. They don't have to be um, like anybody else. They don't need to have low self-esteem. They don't need to compare themselves to other people. You can start teaching them those kind of things early enough. Okay. Teach your child empathy. Empathy. Also, so that they understand how to treat people nicely and with courtesy. Your child should be courteous. You can teach them courtesy. Teach them early. And let them be a pleasant experience every time people encounter them. Okay, okay. Um more on this, you can, you know, begin to guide them to build and to nurture healthy relationships as they make progress in their lives. So be interested. Don't uh, be that parent that you know your child has some friends that you don't even know anything about, and you're wondering, ah. Where is this attitude? Where is this character? Where is this or that coming from? You would have taught them the principles and they would know the attributes of the right kind of friends that they need to be with. And they'll be able to, um, what's it called? Avoid the wrong kind of people. You pray them into it and you also give them wisdom to know how to make the selection correctly when the time comes for them to begin to make such selections. Now, also teach your children about the important relationships in their life. Help them to stay in touch even with their extended family. Teach them early. See, many times people are grown and it feels like, oh, the families, you hear things like, oh, this family is not integrated. Families, they seem distant. You can nurture from the beginning and say, no, I don't want my children to be that way. So I keep them in touch with their uncles. I keep them in touch with their aunties, their cousins. Keep them in touch with their grandparents. Keep them in touch so that as they grow, you're growing as a knitted, you know, family growing together. Also give them materials, you know, as they're older, as they're bigger. Give them materials that will help them understand relationships better and provide, you know, value to other people as well. Remember again that that child is somebody's 
future spouse, parents, and you want to make sure that you're providing the right foundation, the type that your future will forever thank you for. So it's not just about you. There is a generation waiting to be unveiled. I hope you're getting something out of this. If you are, um, just give a thumbs up where you are and we go on. Let's now talk about um, your child or let me say your children and their health and nutrition. Their health and nutrition. This is a major aspect um, for your child. Now, of course, you know how it is from the early stage of being in the hospital and all that. You want to make sure that, you know, basic health awareness for your children, you ensure that you do them. Things like their blood group, their genotype, you should know all of those things early. Don't be among those that, you know, the child will now wait when they want to get married. They will now do the test and start finding out uh, that's, that's, that's far too long. So know on time and um, with time you'll begin to talk to them about such things and they'll find it very easy um, to um, answer to that part of their lives and to help them a great deal. I hope you're getting something out of this. So let's quickly talk about their nutrition and their health. A healthy life, of course, every day and any day is a healthy life. So your child's health and nutrition they're actually a very vital side of your parenting journey. And the key again is to be intentional. And it all starts from what you eat from the time of pregnancy. Please eat healthy to help with freshness, okay, for the baby eventually. And please pay good attention to the health of your children. Maintain proper hygiene when it comes to your... Many times, you know, most, most diseases and um, sicknesses that come up is out of, you know, improper hygiene many times. So we need to be very conscious to see that hygiene is being maintained when it comes to the children. And also as a note of caution, as your baby grows, don't put a strain on their legs by forcing them to stand before they are ready. Now I've seen many mothers or parents do this over and again. Some people don't even know, maybe they even give the child maybe to an auntie, a friend, and you see that, you know, there's, because the child is trying to maybe be very active and all of that, and the child is making attempts, you know, to stand, try to avoid making a child to stand when the legs are not yet strong enough to do that so that you don't put a strain. And that's why you've seen some kids, not all, I'm not saying all, but for some kids, that's how they're, you know, they started having things like what you call a bow leg, yeah? Because um, they were forced to stand way earlier than they ought i'm not saying when the child because there are some kids that are actually fast on their own they start standing on time and you know they start making attempts to start walking and they walk early all right i'm not talking about that one i'm saying this deliberate one where you see a four months old and you see people trying to force them to stand and say they are playing with them you need to be conscious and if you notice that at any time someone is trying to do that with your child please make correction immediately and um put the child maybe to still sit or lie down or whatever it is the child is able to do at that stage of their life, okay? So there are milestones that children have and every child is very unique, okay? So don't force them into what they are not yet ready for. And please thank you for yielding in advance because I'm sure you will yield and make sure that that child is well raised, okay? Um, when it comes to that aspect of their lives, all right? So let's also go, you know, get a bit deeper into this nutritional um, part of it because for me this is a very important part and this is one part ah, that a lot of moms you know deal with and it feels like a whole lot like I had my share of this this was not a funny side for me at all like at all so uh, I had to keep getting a lot of help along the way as I was doing this particular part so 
decide early, you know, whether you want to do exclusive breastfeeding or not from the beginning. Whatever you decide, of course, is up to you and your unique circumstance. And don't be discouraged if you really um, wanted to breastfeed and your unique circumstance does not allow you to do so because there are people like that. For some people, they don't lactate at all. For some other people, different reasons, you know, for this. And they are not maybe able to breastfeed the child. Um, if whatever happens, but um, I trust that your circumstance will be different and you'll be able to do that if it's something you so desire to do. But please just make sure you're doing the right thing and you're making the right choices for your child. So as a growing mom, you need to actually add researcher to your resume, <laughs> okay? Because this phase, trust me, to require a lot of research and persistence because um, some things will definitely make this necessary. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. See, sometimes trying out a new meal can seem like a lot of work because children react to meals differently. I'm telling you that sometimes that child may ac accept a certain meal for a while and completely reject the same meal after a while. Other times, they may reject a meal first, but with persistence, they would later accept that particular meal. So you need to be observant and sensitive and also ask questions from experienced mothers to see options you can further try out because no one knows it all as far as this journey is concerned. I mean, I keep making inquiries. Till now, I am still making inquiries. You know, if I see something new or something different, I'm like, okay, so um, how do we do this part? So I try to ask questions. I try to learn from others. If I see a beautiful recipe, I try it out also for the kids and just see how they are going to respond to it. Because like I said, nobody knows it all. And if you keep yourself as a persistent um, learning person, someone that learns every time, you'll see that your experience will begin to grow and begin to enlarge and be increased. So I hope that this is going to really help you for this nutritional part. I'm sure you are going to remember me when you get to this stage of raising your child because I know how this feels like exactly. I've experienced it over and over again with my kids. I've seen how they do with food. Some kids have so, I mean, they don't even stress you out. They eat everything you are eating, they are eating it too. Some other kids are picky eaters so you need to um, be careful some are we like call them vegetarians now i don't even know how to explain that um, and it might be for a while you know you just need to um there's a lot of twist and turns here there's a lot of you know tweaking the system the formula over and over again so let me just go to starting out nutritionally let's just take um a bit of um some age ranges that will just help to guide us on this one. So let me say from zero months to six months for your new baby, um, breast milk or formula is usually their basic meal. I mean, you can't have a brand new baby and then you're already loading the baby up with um, Amala and Ewedu. Please, oh, don't try that. <laughs> basic, because they're di why are we doing that? Their digestive system is not fully formed. Okay, it won't be able to process you know, that very heavy kind of meal at that stage. You need to understand that, you know, when it comes to babies, things keep evolving. I mean, the, the, the what's it called? The scalp of their head, it keeps forming until the child is like, like two years old. So you still feel like, you know, the early part when your child is like six months, you see that the frontal part of their head is still very, very soft because it's still growing. Do you understand? The child will keep growing and growing and growing. So, but for that early stage, their digestive system cannot handle it. So what you're going to do is to just give them breast milk or give them formula. So after this phase, of course, there would need to be a switch to semi-solids. 
you know, while you're still giving the breast milk and the formula. Okay. Um, but right now you're now adding meals to the food. Now, some kids at this point, when it's six months for some mothers too, they say, see, I'm done with my breastfeeding journey because I, honestly, breastfeeding can be very demanding too. So, Hey, if I don't know what your own circumstance is going to be like, but you can keep breastfeeding and keep uh muscle cold and keep giving them their meals from six months to where you start adding the semi-solids to their food, right? So now let's go to six uh, months to 12 months, six to 12 months, that's range. So um, before the teeth starts coming out, you know, so fully, um, you can start out your child with puries because they may not be able to chew anything, even though their gum will start getting stronger from like eight months. That's when, you know, we start giving them extra stuff that, you know, they can start trying out by themselves. So, um, you know, from a personal experience, that I've had and some findings I have also made. Like I said, every mother has researcher as part of her resume. I'm going to share a list of, you know, some possible meals that you can try out in that phase when they are six to 12 months and, you know, and beyond that, um, you can begin to try out. Um, I hope this is going to really help you. Like I said, my assignment is to awaken you. I may not give you every formula and every idea that you need to run with, but I can help you to start thinking and seeing why those things are important and create an awareness for you so that when you start seeing those things, you would pay attention. Now, if you're taking this course at a time when you are not even married yet, so in fact, you're not even in a relationship and you're wondering, ah, I still, what am I supposed to do with all of this? This will begin to guide you because you'll start seeing things differently. So before all the pages you used to follow is only your slave pages. Uh, you saw one lovely hair, shoes and bags, dresses, and all of that. But now, because you're now getting conscious that, oh, wow, so there's this phase of my life that is still coming, you would see food um, and nutrition pages for children, and you'll be interested. You'll follow those pages because you know that, oh, I need to start, you know, gathering my own research, my own findings, knowing that I would be needing this someday or very soon. And if you just got married, hey, please, you need to switch it up. Thank God for those wonderful pages you followed so far. You need to also start following pages that have to do with nutrition for kids, you know, moms and babies, things like that. Pages that would really help you with um, creating recipes and healthy, creative meals for your, your, your kids, right? So let's talk about this, your um, journey now. We're entering into this part of taking semi-solids and now getting into solids. Let's start with cooking and feeding tools when you're starting out. There are certain things you need. You don't just start out and say, oh, the child is now six months. Oh, yeah, start eating a bar, start eating this. There's a level of preparation you need to do um, to be ready. Now, the first thing I will say to you is that please, hygiene is very important for babies because their immune system is still developing and you cannot afford to be careless with this at all. So before you start cooking anything, giving anything, touching anything for the child, please wash your hands thoroughly with soap and with water. Wash your hands thoroughly with soap and with water before you start preparing anything, before you even touch the anything. Just get that ready first. After which, keep their cutlery, their feeding tools. When I say feeding tools, I'm talking about their plates, their feeding bottles, their plastic forks, their spoons, their cups, properly washed and sterilized. Especially that early stage of the, you know, the six months to 12 months, 
like I said, their digestive system, their immunity, many things are still building on their inside. So you cannot afford to be careless with them in this area. So make sure that you keep those things properly washed. Now, sometimes if you don't look very well and wash well, um, some food particles will be hiding in certain corners of those, um, especially their cups. Their cup suffers that a lot. Um, you start seeing some things building, some black stuff and some molds trying to come up. So you need to many times, you know, check through. Sometimes they get worn out. You need to change them over and over again, okay? So for the starting stage, you should always clean it with warm water, use a sterilizing unit or a sterilizing solution like melting solution, for example, just to keep these items in order. Because like I said, hygiene is a major part when it comes to um, nutrition and preparing meals for your children. Also, please remember to have more than one set of their feeding tools because, um, you know, they usually require substitutes for whatever reason. I'm just saying this so that you're guided. When you're buying a plate, don't buy just one plate for your child. Buy a couple of them cups buy a couple of them and all that because um from so maybe for six months you maybe your child has now started crash for example there are some days some of those things might get missing there are some days some of those things might get maybe broken or damaged you know as the case might be sometimes they may just get misplaced you will not even know how that you know came about but you just want to have substitutes over and over again um, as you are getting into this stage of getting to feed your baby, right? Now, let's go to the meal preparations. There are certain things you need for preparing the meals for your baby. Let me explain what I mean by that. So you need tools like a steamer. Now, I'm saying a steamer because a steamer will um, retain nutrients more while you're preparing the meals. And you can... Um, Make sure that, you know, you have a good steamer. It doesn't have to be something very big because, I mean, what is the portion size even of the children? It's usually very small when they start out like that. So, um, but if you don't have a steamer as you're starting out, you can actually use boiling method um, if you don't have a steamer yet. I actually started um, feeding my kids without a steamer. I just used to boil. I mean, I didn't even know that it was necessary, you know. I didn't know. I didn't have information about something like a steamer. I just knew that, oh, I was supposed to get dedicated items to just do what needs to be done as far as feeding the child is concerned. So the next thing is to get a dedicated blender or a brand new blender for them. So for some people, you know, we have maybe multiple blenders. You can just, that one that you feel, oh, this blender does not do much. You don't give it too much of work. You can wash that one and prepare it, sterilize it, get it ready, and keep that as their own blenders. There are also blenders for making purees. There are little baby blenders like that that they sell. In fact, there are blenders that are battery-based. You just charge them and then put the fruits into them, for example, and, you know, they blend, just blend on the go kind of thing. So, but get a blender basically because you would need it for the preparation of their foods because you know like i said the early stage when they don't have any teeth yet it's mostly purees that they are going to be taking so you want to make sure that you plan for them very well as far as this aspect is concerned is that fine also for some you might need a juice extractor if you really love um, to make smoothies for them um, even though of course a blender can also handle the task of you know juicing out stuff it might just require a little tweaking here and there but you can actually achieve that a whole lot too so it's something you might want to try okay another one would be a like a baking tray if you like to bake a whole lot um yeah so you may want to get baking tray that is dedicated to them um yeah and also please have pots dedicated pot maybe 
three pots, maybe two pots for them that you're going to be using to make all their meals, whether it's their soup or it's going to be their, whatever it is that you're making for them, you can just have dedicated pots because, you know, um, their babies, like I said, they are very tender and very sensitive. You don't want to use maybe the pot you're using to boil your, your pepper and all of that because that early stage, you, ca you cannot put a lot of pepper in their meals and they get very sensitive to things like that. Also, please get a dedicated cooking spoon for them and then, you know, maybe smoothie bottles, juice bottles that are very creative and that are colorful and that are fine, you know, something that, you know, that the child would find interesting and fascinating. And then also a sieve, baby sieve, because there are some things you would need to sieve. So maybe you're making something like, um, that requires, maybe that has bone, um, in them and you want to get the meat stock out to use for the meal you might need to sieve out so that you don't you know put bone into what you're trying to give to the child because hey babies they can't even tell you that you know as an adult as you're eating and you can feel it and you can take it out but for a baby you want to make sure that everything is um, carefully done and is done as it should be done okay um so let's go on what are some food options that you can explore Please let me explain to you at this point that part of the journey, this journey of feeding your child will require finance and it will require you putting in the effort. Your child will not accept all the meals that I'm stating here today as, I mean, these are just options you can simply explore. It is elaborate so that you have enough options to try. And you can also innovate your own recipes as well. I mean, like I said, babies. They are not concerned about how no garnishing. There's nothing to garnish. Don't worry about garnishing nothing. So long as you, you know you have prepared the food very well, their own is to go ahead and enjoy the meal that you have prepared. So the early stage um, preparation, like I said, is mostly period meals and you're not really having them to chew anything. So, hey, you can be very innovative in this one, right? The key is to make it interesting, make it fun and make it very good. Um, the children, too, sometimes they give you the sign. You see a child practically almost pulling from your mouth what you're trying to eat. That's just them telling you that they are prepared, they are getting ready. They want to also try what you're trying. And I'm sure that that will be something that um, the child will be excited about. Now, even at this stage, I'm still trying out new things with my kids, okay, because um, they keep evolving with their preference. Today, they may tell you, I don't want this particular thing, and then tomorrow, they're accepting the same thing, right? Um, we just keep tweaking it here and there and all of that So because kids are just different. And sometimes some people will say, oh, you didn't start them out early on this. Some kids are just different. So you need to keep trying different things that would work eventually for them. So like I said, this list here covers, you know, meals for even when they pass the puree stage. So I'm not restricting the list to just puree meals. So please take note of that. The recipes are quite different. And please, a note of caution here. So when you start trying out making meals for your child. Please no adding of salt, no adding of seasoning cubes to their meals until they pass the one year mark. They have to pass. And even when they pass the one year mark, make it as minimal as possible. Also, please avoid sugar in the early stage of their development. Sweetness should actually be reserved uh, when they pass that one year mark as well. And it should be as natural as possible. Okay, so you can do things like date syrup, date powder, and several other kinds. Banana is always a good sweetener for them. Apples can be their sweetener. Even grapes can be sweeteners for them. So it's not, don't feel for the child. You, I know, when you are taking that to your own theory 
or you want to <laughs> you you are packing sugar and putting inside your own your child is not like that too and even honey you can't give your child honey you know at that early stage you need to really let them grow let their system be able to handle most of those things so don't be in a hurry that ah i cooked the food and the food was not sweet don't worry your child does not whether it's sweet or not it's the taste the kind of flavors introduced to them that they will get used to so allow them and um do what needs to be done. Like I said, make it as natural as possible. I think these days we are beginning to get even creative nutritionists that are beginning to produce seasonings that are 100% natural. And I mean, so encouraging um, as we begin to create different meals for our kids and even for ourselves because health really, really, really is wealth and you need to be healthy to do what needs to be done. So like I said, I just have a list of a couple of meals. It's not in any particular order. It doesn't mean that I just going to mention some I have tried that have worked for me and some that I researched on and as I was, you know, that I've tried over time. You know, there are different ideas I got when it comes to feeding kids. Some I did them, they worked out. Some, uh, the kids were like, no way, I'm not taking this, you know and all that so let me just run through a couple of them and i hope this would help you and as you're making your research please do beyond what is here okay i'm not here to box you or force you into anything you can always do more than what i'm, I'm teaching you at this time so let's go over it we have things like cereal now for me for cereal um there are all kinds i mean the brands in there are so many once you go to the store you'll be wondering where do i even want to start from but I prefer Nutriben. I really like Nutriben um, because Nutriben comes as eight in one many times, about eight cereal and four fruits. There's the Nutriben only two cereals. And I, I always go for the one that is eight um, cereals, the eight in one, eight cereals and four fruits of Nutriben. It's usually my go-to um, cereal flavor that I love. And also August Secret. August Secret, I think they have beautiful um, cereals as well that you can try um, to you know give to your child. They are so amazing. I love both of them so much. I think my kids really love them too and accepted them. Now, if your child um, is completely intolerant of anything, you know, maybe sweet, they don't have a sweet tooth and they are not even interested in something that is sweet, um, you can try something like um, Geba, yeah? So Geba has products that are not so sweet because something like Nutriben already comes infused with milk, so it makes it very easy um, when you are taking something like that. Now, you can try several others. There are all kinds of products. I'm not here to say this product is better than the other one, but these are the ones I have tried personally and that have worked for me and I enjoy giving to my kids. I give um, all my kids and they've accepted them and I mean that's why I'm recommending it because those are the ones I have tried and that has worked for me and hey you can always make your own by yourself try different things and you know just come up with your own thing okay and then um, we have pap and milk of course pap now not every child actually likes pap too so it's just like I said this thing here you will try many things until you find what will work right so there's pap and milk they are different, of course, the pap, there's a special pap. When you're buying the pap, please make sure you ask for the one that is suitable for babies. And for something like this, I prefer to go for well-packaged and a source that I trust for the pap. So I don't go to roadside. I don't just go to the market and just see pap anywhere. I try to get those ones that are hygienically produced, those ones that maybe come in a pack or I know the brand or I'm really sure of them. Um, so I have someone, uh, um, I have brands like, what's it called? Like Straight Gate Merchants. Yep, Straight Gate Merchants. I, I try to use their pap. is very, very, very good. 
my kids. I think that's the problem. Like they used all the all, all the way because I'm not just see if you can make the part by yourself all well and good. I think it's very easy to make, but it's just not my thing. I I, I didn't bother making. I just bought the ready made one, and my own is just to make the part and make it available to the child. Um, I know that there are paps like boobies. Yeah, there's boobies pap. Uh, there are various kinds of pap, but just make sure you tell them that it's the one that you want to give to a baby. So check well and be sure of the content. So um, something that is too strong, you don't give it to the baby. Their own, I think, comes without ginger, especially the one for babies. They come without ginger. So, but you can make yours by yourself. Okay, I, I mean, I have I have people around me that they make by themselves, and I mean, it's of course it's more economical for them and all of that, but. For me, I just feel like it takes off a lot of the work on me. I, I, I like convenience by all means, you know, I'm that kind of person. So, hey, for that one, I just buy off the rack. But you can, like I said, get something that um, if you can make it by yourself, please go ahead. And YouTube is there for you. Trust me, you can learn anything, just about anything and do it by yourself and do it well, right? The next uh, meal will be banana puree. Banana puree. Um, of course, as they grow, you can explore mixing this banana puree with other fruits like avocado pear goes very well with banana. Um, simply just mix those ones. They don't need any cooking, right? Simply just combine them. Um, so you mash the, uh, yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention one of the tools that you need. You actually need like a masher or yeah, like a masher. That's what I can call it. Basically a masher and uh, maybe I wanted to call it a mortar and a pistol, but like a masher, they have these ones for babies. They are just those small ones. Just tell them you're looking for a masher and then you get a masher and like a mortar but baby based one so you can just you can you can just ask for it and i'm sure you will be able to find something that you can work with for that one so something like that and i mean you can even just use your normal fork and puree it your um that's the adult fork now you can just puree the mash the banana and then mash the avocado and mix it together and you can serve it just the way it is without doing any extra thing to eat um and just serve your child that way and i'm sure they would um enjoy it because banana is sweet i mean it's difficult for kids to reject banana a lot of them really like banana so it's something you can try as well um yeah then we also have avocado you can give avocado alone you can give banana alone you can mix banana and strawberry but that's after like when they are one year old so you can now add strawberry to it because of course strawberry has that um you know size taste so you want to make sure that um you just keep trying accordingly um, i've talked about banana avocado puree together then you can give grapes but um i always prefer the um seedless grapes for them so you can give grapes but they should be a bit grown before you can also give them grapes um so that you know it doesn't just run through into their truth and um hurt or harm them in any way just like peanuts you can't give your child peanuts until it's at a certain age okay because we are just we don't want anything like you know infant accidents through food and all of that so you just want to make sure that you're reducing risk as much as possible then we also have up here uh, i say up here Apple and pear puree. Ap apple and pear pu um, puree, right? What you need to do for this one is peel the pear, peel the apple, remove the seed, um, which is the core in the middle of the apple or of the pear, cut them into tiny sizes, and then steam it, just steam it, just very lightly. Then you puree it, and then you can now serve it to the child 
Um, but please ensure that it is not hot. The temperature should be right so that you don't burn the mouth of the baby, right? So apple and pear, like the English pear now, puree. For me, I like green apples. I'm not a fan of red apples. If you're a fan of red apples, please, you can go ahead and try. But I just like green apples, so it works best for me. So I just get the um, English pear and I get the... Um, green apples and i do this peeling and then i steam it a bit and then i you know blend it together and hey that's a meal ready so see kids their foods are not like our own don't be feeling for the child like ah something you cannot eat you're not the one eating the food this time the food is actually for the baby okay then you can also do orange and coconut juice the coconut water and then the orange you can milk out your own you know coconut juice and then you know squeeze up some oranges put them together and then that's also a meal you can serve and give to the child and then also there's moi moi if you're from nigeria this one is one of our go-to meals uh moi moi is there but please ensure it is well cooked and it's soft and it's well deboned for them so if you're putting fish titus which i encourage you to do a lot into the moi moi please make sure that you have removed all the bones so that it's easy for them to relate with it and adopt it okay then we also have akara akara is what we call bean cake if you're in nigeria you know akara so akara you can also give your baby akara when they are um, a bit you know more grooming when they start taking things that they can start chewing up on right you can give them akara then toast you can actually make toasted bread and they would eat it but make sure it is not like those very deeply toasted ones just make sure that you know just toast it lightly and uh, make it available and then make sure that you're not putting too many things into it especially when they start chewing properly you can begin to give that to them say from when they are going to like nine months and above but that six months you can't start giving toast to a six month old baby the baby may not accept it so you need to be very careful um from the list yeah so then we also have puff puff so we have puff puff right puff puff we have that that's also uh, a meal that a lot of kids like but please make sure that you are using a healthy options there are different options some people can make those things using oatmeal as the flour that they are they are going to use the flour that they are going to use for it right then you can do chips you can do chips for the child, which is either sweet potato or Irish potato chips. Even yam you can fry and uh, make available. But please, you'll find a way to mash it after you've done it. If you're giving it to a baby that, you know, the teeth is not really developed at that time. Remember, I said that this list is for both when they're doing 6 to 12 and then even beyond that. This is just basically meals you can try for kids generally that I'm just sharing. Yeah. Then plantain, whether it's as boiled plantain or fried plantain, try different ways, puree it when it's boiled and just see how the child is going to respond to it. Also, you can do okra soup. Okra is a very healthy, very, very healthy soup for your kids. Now, for a baby, you cannot give the okra the way it is normally. So before you serve that kind of thing, um, use basic cooking ingredients for your okra. I'm talking about your titles, fish your normal, your little pepper, very, very, very small. But, you know, because we are Nigerians, we like small, small peppers, and we put the pepper, let them start knowing pepper early, right? Okay, so um, basic things, crayfish, you know, that you just used to cook the okra. A little palm oil here and there, just to make the meal. Um, and if you're a no oil, you know, super healthy kind of group, you can decide to reduce the oil. Um, I will not put any oil at all. The child will still accept it. But just blend it very well. When you are done, put it and blend. And the child will be able to eat the soup accordingly. As they grow, of course, they'll know what to do. And then for the swallow, I know a lot of people, some people don't like the word swallow for their 
swallow meals. Sorry, that's the only way I can put this right now. Um, so I use oats for my own kids for their swallow. Um, I just try to keep it healthy. So you can also try, but if you're using oats, what you need to do is to blend the oats um, with a dry blender, not the wet one, or the dry blender, you know, the, that small one that comes with the blender, into a powder and put it um, into a, an airtight container. It's just for easy access so that it's not every time you need to make oatmeal and then you're trying to blend the oats because when you make the oats, you know, the way it eats, it won't come out looking very smooth for the child. So you need something that is smooth and they can work with. Um, yeah, so basically, uh, you can also try Amala for them as they are swallow a lot of Kids accept Amala as well. Just keep trying different things that they are able to work with. But I really like oats for them because I feel like it's healthy. And so I just use oats. Then also you can make oats as a meal. So like oats in form, like you're trying to make pap, yeah? So you make oats and add milk basically to it. For some, maybe for sweetening, add banana to sweeten it. Add apple sauce to sweeten it. Add different little, little things like that for sweetness, you know, to be added to the oats. Um, yeah, so that they can accept it. Now, another thing you can do is a special stew or a special sauce. I hope this is making sense to you and I hope you're gaining something, you know, out of it. Uh, don't worry, um, we'll take a break very, very, very soon after this particular one so that um, you can rest, stretch a bit and then we'll come back for the part two of this nurturing your child journey, right? I hope you're learning a whole lot from it and I hope that it's doing you good as you're listening to it. Okay, so um, so you can make a special stew sauce, you know, with something like what you call, uh, we call it titles here, but you can, that is mackerel fish basically or any other protein but with very minimal pepper. If you're using chicken or meat or anything else you need to grind them like grind it completely so that it can um the child can easily accept it so you're making this special stew sauce um to be able to eat things like maybe you did you pureed something like plantain you can use the stew sauce for it or you um uh, maybe you bl blended rice together you can also use this stew sauce for the for the baby so even for their chips you can use the stew sauce it's just your way of introducing it step by step to their meal and also helping them you know to start you know adapting to different kinds of taste then fried rice of course this is when they now have teeth and they can really eat and all of that but you can make it really soft for them jollof rice jollof spaghetti coconut rice i mean our basic meals that we eat here yeah? so you can actually try them for your baby when they have passed to a certain stage okay so maybe from like one year you can give things like this very freely you see that they are eating it and they are eating it really well because after a while you stop actually pureeing everything for them because they want to also feel the food and feel it just like you're feeling like an adult right and then we have rice and stew some kids i mean rice and stew still works that special stew i talked about just now you can make that for them there's yam and egg whether it's boiled yam or it's fried yam and egg there's yam and butter so what you do for that one you mash the yam yeah and then you mix it with butter and try that the child to takes it boiled egg alone is also a meal you can try to give to the child like the yolk especially just you know make that available is soft they don't need any teeth for it whether baby whatever stage and then you can also take the egg yolk sometimes and add it to certain meals for them and they would still accept it so something you can see something like avocado and the egg yolk for example you know and the child would um eat it up too hopefully um we also have sweet potatoes alone like pureed sweet potatoes without anything you can also make it into a porridge 
um yeah and they'll still accept it but just make sure that it is mashed properly for them and they can eat it there's sweet potato and carrot puree you can do them together there's carrot alone you can give your child carrot alone as a puree now not it's until they have tito before you can start giving it don't give them ordinary carrot it can choke up on the, um, the child can choke up on it so you want to be very careful then also um chicken and meat broth you know using the the bone marrow of the meat you can use that too um to add to the the, the kids for some people what they do they i think they they create um like eyes this eyes tray yeah they buy extra ice trays and put the meat stock into things like that. So when they are making any meal for the child, they just put some of the cubes into the meal so that, you know, that's their way of keeping that protein line, you know, intact in place as they keep feeding. Then you can have watermelon smoothies, pineapple smoothies, um, plantain porridge. You can have mixed vegetable puree. That one, sweet peppers, green peas, green beans, carrots, sweet corn, broccoli, chicken, sweet potato liver you can put all together all you just need to do is to boil them appropriately you know um put everything together boil it very well add a few um sauces here and there to it and um blend it together and you have a puree a mixed vegetable puree and you see the child taking it so i'm looking fresh right you can also do um for the now for the banana many times when we make banana you see that it changes color it, it turns brown or black so it feels somehow when you do this so you may want to just add very very little lemon just for the discoloration but if it's not a big deal to you that's all fine or you don't have to add but just very small just to help with the discoloration right then peanut butter is part of the meals um you can do cucumber and apple juice for them you can also do pancakes so kids really love pancakes and you can do this using oatmeal you don't have to use the conversion i think these days we have a lot of um, healthy alternatives that you can use instead of maybe the regular all-purpose flour you can actually find the powders now of almost everything i mean there's sweet potato powder there's coconut powder and several other things you can use to still make those meals and so they are healthy all the way for your child then of course yam porridge you can give them yam porridge um you can do potatoes like the sweet potato and the irish potato with carrots with you know chicken liver and all of that you can puree it it just comes with a lot of just keep trying different things creatively smoothies um daily protein find a way to infuse protein into whatever it is that you're giving to them things like pap you can have add-ons like um soya beans yeah and then date powder date syrup you can begin to introduce it from when they are one year old you know and you know they can start accepting a little sweetener but not like the regular sugar right and then also beans you can give them beans i know a lot of kids don't but you can start if you push them early with beans they would get it so beans cooked without the skin with plantain or with sweet potato i'm sure the child really like that when it's you know really really soft and mashed up together the child will take that also puree it for that early stage when they grow and they can start eating it well yeah you can also do beans and, and sweet corn puree yeah all you need to do is to add of course your garlic um, a little garlic onions fish sweet corn with the beans just keep trying different combinations then we have banana pancakes you can do that using oats yeah and 
use banana as part of the flavor. And then you can also make cookies using banana and oats also. And then there's green peas and green beans puree. Um, kids don't really like this one, a couple of them, but hey, you can still try it, put it in. You may just tweak it here and there and you see that they're accepting. Then they will do soup also. For the away do soup, um, you can make it using locust beans, which we call iru, and palm oil, the mackerel fish oil, what we call titus. Um, yeah, and then please make sure you debone it well, very remove all the bone inside of it. There's a technique to bone removal, so you need to learn it and get it and be able to remove the bones well. And then a way do leaves, of course, crayfish. Put everything, boil everything together. When it's cooked, blend it and it's ready to serve. It's as simple as that. Make a mala with it or whatever swallow you want to give to the child. And you see them um, licking up everything. Yeah. And honestly, even something like okra, you can actually save the okra all alone without swallow, without anything. And the child will still accept it and it's still um, healthy, you know, added into what you're giving to the child to eat. Another one is banana and pear puree banana and pear puree even scrambled eggs i mean the the list is almost endless keep trying new things um as you go on the nutritional journey i just thought to share those few ones with you and i hope that um they are helpful and um you definitely try different things and hey as you get new recipes do well to share as well right um yeah so these are just a few meals you can keep on exploring you know um, as you go on, introduce vegetables and fruits on time to their meals, okay, please. And then also you can create a timetable to make meal time easier to handle. As against, you know, constantly thinking of what they should eat. If you create like a meal timetable for your kids, it will be very easy for them um, to do that. Also, please, um, before you give, you know, you see people, ah, they give Costa, they give this, they give that. Make sure you do enough research. Before you start adopting things you find around um, into the meal of your child, okay? Some of those things, they even wrote on a particular product. They said it's not an infant series, yet I see a lot of moms giving it to their babies. You want to make research about such things. Um, also, um, things like noodles. I'm not calling any brand's name. Uh, noodles uh -huh. should also not become a number. Please do more research on things like that, you know, before you say, oh, um, you just want to serve your child, check for their nutritional value. And if you think of something you want to serve your child, find a way to increase the nutritional value by adding other vegetables and, you know, protein and other things to help that meal to become better. You know, for me, I don't give my kids noodles. Uh, it's just personal to me. It's not like anything. I've not been able to do enough research. For now, I don't give it to them. I'm just being very careful with what they eat, right? And please make your meal time very interesting um, with them. And with time, I mean, they'll be able to eat your regular meals. And this whole process, you know, ah, you would almost like give a sigh, give a sigh of relief that you're done with that aspect. And but please, if you really love to cook and you enjoy things like that, I'm sure it'll be fun for you. And it'll be like an adventure, you know, every single time you're trying to create meals for them. And then, um, of course, you can also please get um, what do you call them? Um, there are these storage bowls. Where you can actually make meals in bulk for a bit. Kids, I think their meals can stay for like three months. They're about a month, you know, in the freezer. If you have a freezer and you put them there, they'll be well, um, you know, taken care of there. And then you just need to bring it out, store it, and then make it available to the child um, to eat at the time of their meals. Because you may not be able to make every meal every single second, every time, right? 
Yeah. And then um, this is, like I said, a simple process. So teach them also to bless their meals before they eat and just trust God through this process. You need God every step of the way on this parenting journey. Trust me. Remember the kids just to have a healthy child. And when they start school, of course, that becomes a different system as they will now be required to start going with, you know, snacks and lunch packs. But please don't, as much as possible, minimize fizzy drinks and junks. Just make sure it's kept healthy every step of the way. So this is where I'm going to um, let us take a break right now on part one of this particular model and we'll be back with part two so i want you to go ahead stretch use the restroom take water take something and just relax while we'll still continue um with part two very very shortly thank you again for taking this time out to learn with me on this journey i love you so much and um, i appreciate your doing this with me at this time have a good one see you in part two bye